Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradzow. On this episode of the podcast, we talk to Nadim Ahmed from Rockstar and Eric Cleary from Orange List Property Management. And Nadim is a great guy. He has been with us for over eight years now. He's done absolutely everything, worked with tons of investors on tens of millions of dollars of real estate. And he's so soft-spoken on this podcast, you're really gonna have to listen closely. I tried to get him to speak up and bring the mic, but you know he's, he's, a, he's a quiet guy, but he knows his stuff inside and out. So we are proud to work with him. Um, like I mentioned, he gets tons of great feedback from the investors that he works with all around great guy done. He knows tons of investing strategies all across the golden horseshoe. So you're going to hear a bit of his story and you're also going to hear Eric Cleary. And the reason that we wanted Eric on the, on the call is that property management is just a tough business. And especially when you're property managing single family homes and condos and small apartment buildings, these guys are out in St. Catharines. They've recently expanded their business to cover all the way out to Hamilton as well. And they're expanding further. So we just love entrepreneurs. We love other real estate investors who are trying different things. These guys are that. So we asked Eric from Orange List Property Management to come in and share just about his story, you know, how he got involved in this, what he's up to. Property management, if you've been involved with it at all, you know how tough it is. Nick and I actually started Rockstar Property Management. I'm not sure, sure how many of you guys know this. We did. We got it up to, I think it was up to 34 properties and we tapped out. We said, forget it. Property management business is not for us. We couldn't scale it. We didn't have the processes. Um, and we were giving it a solid effort. So when we hear that other people are doing it successfully and we're hearing good feedback, we want to share their story. So they're both on this call. We have a good chat. Um, hopefully you enjoy it. And listen, if you are listening to this and you're trying to track down some of the latest real estate information for yourself, the best resource from us would be rockstarinnercircle.com. On that website, you can get access to different copies of free books that we have. We have four different free books now. We actually sell these on Amazon. And a lot of people tell us they buy them on Amazon to our shock. But we give them away for free because we're trying to share information, information that's Canadian-based that we wish we had access to when we were starting that we couldn't find because all we could find was like U.S.-based stuff. So this Canadian-based stuff, um, the the latest book is on there. It's called The Real Estate Investing Blueprint. You can find that on rockstarinnercircle.com. If you click on the books link, you can get a PDF download of that book. So that's available there. You can also register for um, one of our training classes. If you're new to us, we have an introductory training class all about real estate investing. Nick and I teach that class. We stick around afterwards to answer all kinds of questions. Um, you can also get access to our YouTube videos, our blog posts, and our articles, and some of the free reports that we offer, all at rockstarinnercircle.com. This is our attempt to share as much information as we possibly can with you. And the reason is we truly believe in adding good assets to your life. And it can be a scary business getting into real estate. So if we can uh, play a small part in helping that make, make that a little bit easier for you, we really want to do it. It's also why we're doing this podcast. So thank you for everyone listening. With that, let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, we are live. Nadim, I just want to say Nadim Ahmed is on the podcast for the first time ever. I've been trying to get him on this podcast or asking you at least for quite a long time, but you're such a nice person and you're kind of private that you have not come on. So you're gracing us with our your presence today. Well, I wouldn't today. say gracing, but yeah, thanks. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to tell you five more times on this podcast for sure. Bring the mic closer to your mouth. Got it. Don't be scared of the mic. So Got Nadim it. Ahmed is here and Eric Cleary is here. Um, Eric, am I saying your last name properly? Yep. Yeah. You just told me that you're born in Nova Scotia. Born in Toronto, Nova Scotia, yeah, 1991. I, I really, I don't know if I know anyone who's born in Nova Scotia. Like <laughs> you literally might be the first person that I personally know from Nova Scotia. Yeah. But I hear it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I, I you was left, a baby. You left though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't spend. Your all... parents moved. Yeah. So uh, my mom was there with me for probably a few months, and then uh, and then we were off to Calgary out west. So. I mean, I was a baby. So, because you live in St. Catharines now. Yeah, so I moved here from New Brunswick uh, to live with my dad for a year, finish up high school, and then I went Okay, back. so it was Nova Scotia to Calgary, Calgary to New Brunswick? And then New Brunswick to Ontario. And in Ontario, why St. Catharines? I had some family here. Okay. And uh, all the universities that I applied to um, at a high school when I was here were, were in southern Ontario, so. Okay, got it. So yeah, Brock was, uh, Brock was my choice. Did you play football? 
I did I not. Like I, I feel like you're like a broad-shouldered kid that you could just smash people. Um, no, I did play hockey. Um, okay, wasn't it. wasn't ever a famous running back, although I've been told I could have been. But. <laughs> yeah, got it. You gotta have football hair. You can't. If you're listening to this, you don't know that Eric has a man bun happening here <laughs> and a beard, and you gotta cut that look that you could be some kind of football player. And but anyway, for all those uh, for all those uh, listening, I know it's 2019 and people still question my man bun. But uh, if you need justification, no. I but can I think that, that era's past. Like, hasn't the man bun thing played its course though? Like, I think you're now. It's not like. Yeah, it's 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 like you're kind of like dating yourself, you know. What yeah, I mean? I you know what? It's... I still play pickup hockey and I snowboard, so uh, okay. my hair means a lot to me. But you're not wearing the beads on your wrist like Nadim's wearing. But you own beads for your wrist. I thought there was only one guy on the podcast allowed to have beads on his wrist, <laughs> okay. so I let okay. Nadim have that today. Yeah, for any everyone listening to this, apparently I didn't know this until like two months ago. But apparently, for the last two years, three years, five years, it's been cool. Years, yeah. It's yeah. been cool to yeah. wear beads on your wrist. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I still am learning about this. Yeah. Um, okay, so Eric and then Nadim, how did you, uh, well, first of all, how did you find, how did we start working together? Because it's been eight years. Who told you about Rockstar? So I had a business for uh, about 15 years. And one day uh, I ended up selling it and uh, reached out to Mike Bizarmo. And uh, I said, hey, what should I do, Mike? Should I sell this business? And what, what will I do? He says, uh, Come work with me. I said, what do you do again? Like, he, rock star. He was talking about renting one properties. He wanted me to buy some properties. At the, just I like it. He was trying to sell, trying hey, to sell, sell me your something. Business. He probably heard you sold your business. He's like, this guy has some cash. You should buy some properties. Okay. So I ended up uh, talking to him and uh, coming to see you guys here at Rockstar. I think we were in Burlington at that time. Yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah, and uh, just connected. Just felt right. And uh Sold the business and here I am. Yeah, yeah. Eight you years, were good. Well, so, and and uh, you were doing men's. I thought you were doing straight up menswear. Men's like, and women's. You were doing men's and women's stuff. Boutique stuff, yeah. Okay. From LA, from okay. Paris. That's why you're always dressed so nicely. You know, Eric's dressed really nicely too. Yeah. I have my Lululemon <laughs> shirt on. That's about as crazy as I get in, fat in, the, in the whole fashion world. But uh, I, I'm curious, when, when you started with us, you, we had to basically trick you to buy investment properties. Right. What, what made you think, ah, I, maybe I will pick up a property? Um, probably the reason I never bought a property um, is, you know, real estate, you know, negative stuff you hear, tenants live forever, real estate market's going to crash. Like, you know, that's what my dad would say. Talking to the mic, bring the mic up. And um, eventually when I got here, I understood how it works from the time when you walk into the front door right to the end, the whole process made me understand like, hey, this is a, it's not very hard if you if you are in the right place. And I felt myself that I was learning everything here as I'm teaching everybody else to do from the time you walk into the door to the, uh, the fast art class and, and so on, the next steps. And that's where I felt comfortable. And uh, it, wasn't that, it got, wasn't that I was forced into it. It just it no, felt I'm right joking, to buy it. No, yeah. I'm joking. But now you've gone on to buy a bunch of few, properties. Yeah, and over few, the yeah. years, if you calculated how many millions of dollars you've worked with with investors, it right. would be, I joke, we don't talk about this too often, but uh, Rockstar as a group has done over a billion. It's over 1.2 billion awesome. in investment properties purchased. Like, can you believe that? Yeah. And the first few years was obviously a tinier number, but now it's rolling. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. What we've done, and you're partly responsible for that madness, Nadim Ahmed. So. Mike Dizarmo. No, yeah, my Mike tricked you to come here, and now you're here. But okay, so then, Eric, um, you're. Uh, I so I just want to make the connection between yourself and Nadim because you guys have had a pretty good relationship with the whole real estate stuff. You got into property management, so like, just tell me, how did you get there? Is this right after university you get into doing property management on St. Catharines? Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I was uh, I was in my last semester. Uh, I was in my uh, fourth year at Brock where uh, I was working part-time at TELUS uh, as a sales representative. Um, and one evening, uh, my business partner and the owner of Orange, just Brian Droppert, uh, was in there purchasing a BlackBerry. And he wasn't my client. I just had overheard their conversation and kind of interjected myself in because um, he had rejected a warranty. And I was able to sell him on that warranty. Um, thought he was a cool guy. He'd, Started talking a little bit about real estate and, you know, have you I ever... basically ripped him off on the one of those warranties? I'm joking. <laughs> hey, I'm joking. To this I'm day, just... to this day, he says it's the best warranty ever bought. He replaced his he phone, broke twice. His phone? Yeah. Okay, okay. Got so, um, so that worked out. But uh, yeah, just a cool guy. Uh, we were chatting a little bit about politics and then, uh, yeah, the conversation obviously uh, started to gear towards real estate and he had all these ideas and he left me his number and email and. The next morning I came in, I uh, had a morning shift and I emailed him right away and said, hey man, uh, you know, it was really nice meeting you. It sounds like you got some exciting stuff on the go. Uh, we ended up meeting a few days later at a, at a Tim Hortons, had a coffee and um, 
and that's it. Because he had already started. Was Orange List Property Management already in existence? No. So okay. he had the name picked okay. out. He had, a, he, had a, he had a business name and a website. He which had the was, name Orange List? Yeah, he's Dutch. So it's the national oh, color of their uh, yeah, soccer okay. team. Yeah, got it. So, and he wanted something that was uh, people were more likely to remember. Right, not 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 necessarily a name or something like that. Just something that was would trigger different parts of the brain, color, you know, fruit, all that kind of stuff. So, um, and it just flowed. It stood out. The the, the bright orange is you know um, dynamic in a way. And, and wow, you're really sold on the branding of Orange List Property Man. I, yeah, uh, I got, yeah. You get tell. But but so now you start. Uh, he has the idea. He starts a property management company. You're like the first person to be helping him out, or something. So when I met him, it wasn't a property management. Okay, business. yeah. What was it? So it was. It was. We were. He was selling real estate to investors, and the demand was starting to increase. And he was. He was managing properties himself. Um, but with no system, you know, like, uh, Brian, sure, like Brian, we all have, we all <laughs> been there. Man. Brian wasn't even at the Excel stage. He was like, I got a sticky note here with some names and, and rent numbers. And so I was essentially, he was selling products and I was coming in and leasing them. Um, and that's how it began. And we started to realize the, the demand, especially in Niagara, um, was, was insane. You know, there was, there was tons of people that, uh, you know, they, they bought the product and they didn't know really what to do with it from there. You know, they were having, they were struggling to find the tenants. Um, once they found a tenant, there was issues. They didn't know how to, to effectively deal with those issues. Um, so the overall experience um, for them, for certain landlords, don't speak for everyone, was was negative, right? So it's like, hey, do I do I just sell this and put some money in the stock market, or, or what angle do I go with? And um, you know, so we said, hey, there's, you know, we enjoy what we do. Um, we know that there's a demand for it. Um, you know, let's 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 try this out. And uh, the feedback was fantastic. And, you know, it was we were learning and growing and things just uh, started taking off. And then how did you so how did you guys cross? Because Nadim, you've been helping investors buy properties in like the whole night. Right. Right around Toronto. I think everyone should know if you're listening to this with Rockstar, we've helped people buy, buy properties right around the Golden Horseshoe, like Belleville to Niagara, London to Barrie kind of thing. Right. Um, but uh, how did you guys cross paths? Were you selling? So I'm working with one of the uh, <clears throat> builders in, in St. Catharines, does purpose-built student rentals. So I was buying them, but he was selling them tenanted. <clears throat> and so there comes Eric. Eric was tenanting them, the properties for him. And that's how we connected. Okay, and then, got it, got it. So you had found these student rental properties that were going to make good investments. You had investors who were buying them from Rockstar, right? Then, uh, and you were in there filling them. So yeah, how Why how are you? But I don't know what you're about to say. So orange, like a, a, so so you know the just to kind of go back to what I was saying. There was only uh, Brian's portfolio from his real estate clients was only so big. So we're like, how do we how do we expand this? So what I began doing and um, was going in and spending a couple hours a day going through Kijiji, finding ads that I thought sucked, that weren't good. Um, <laughs> you found the Deems ad? That no, 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 somebody no, we were no, 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 but no, no, no. so so the builders ad was just it had like three photos, uh, very little information. Um, I cold called Tony. Um, that's who we were talking about, and I uh, and he gave me a chance. I got showed it. Up. So this was the builder that, that you I were was working, working with, with yes. to buy these investment properties. He was building them, and but he, what did he offer? Like fully tenanted student rentals. Correct. Okay, and then you come across the Kijiji ad for the students that he was trying to get into these investment properties. Yeah, and I just cold called. Hey, my name's Eric. Um, this is what I think I can do for you. I, you know, I had a whole sales pitch, and he gave me a chance. I went and met him at the house. And, and this time, Orange List was already formed. Property management, not the property management arm. I don't okay. even think we were we were offering it, but it wasn't fine tuned. It was okay. like, yeah, we can do that, and you know, we kind of figured it out as we went. Um, we were doing a lot of leasing, uh, straight leasing at that time, um, but the property management got it followed okay. shortly after. Okay, so then you guys, you find the builder a different way. Nadim, you find this builder out in Niagara. Right, and then I actually bought my student rental off him. Oh, you bought your own personal student rental uh, off, off this particular this builder? That's how I met is him. Is this the builder that you wouldn't tell anyone the name of for like two years? <laughs> Keith is here as well. So I've brought up Keith uh, on the last podcast really. Keith works uh, with us here at Rockstar. Um, Keith, you uh, you don't know this yet, but when Nadim finds something that really works well, he just keeps it really quiet to himself. For like two years, we were asking, Eric, I don't know if you know this. For two years, we were asking, who's this guy you keep buying properties off of? And he would just avoid the question. And he would Sometimes he would just walk out of the office laughing. You would never answer. <laughs> so you found this and then you worked with a lot of investors right. who bought properties out there from this particular builder. Why did you like this guy? Just because they were purpose built, I guess? Purpose built, uh, good properties and they were new. How right. many bedrooms in these student rentals? Uh, from five to seven. 
five to seven yeah. okay and this is for brock i guess yeah mainly brock yeah okay yeah niagara college and uh, okay brock. i don't think he's doing anything in niagara he's doing mostly st Catharines, right brock yeah but just the one thing to add is you know the the cool thing about the st Catharines market is you do grab brock and niagara college you have a lot of students got it i see what you're saying okay you're okay. okay yeah yeah, yeah got it so students from both different places yeah. okay yeah. is niagara college big I don't know the size of Niagara College. Yeah, it's growing. You is know, uh, okay. Brock's uh, uh, pushing some resources towards uh, gearing international students okay. to want to come to that school. Um, they're only sitting at around twelve percent international population, which is low relative to most other universities in Southern Ontario. Um, so, you know, it's based on infrastructure and programs to help transition them when they get here because obviously there's language barriers and that sort of thing so they're really spending a lot of money brock just did a huge um uh, modification to their business department spent a lot of money on on infrastructure and that sort of okay, thing. okay so population growth for the student body in brock's probably increasing correct yeah got it okay and it and is go ahead and email. No, I, was saying that I, find, I find my personally a lot of international students uh at brock right yeah, there's 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 already a good population, but I'm saying it's still low relative to you know Laurier, UFT, oh, is it? Okay. Ryerson. So you got those schools. York, sit, York has a ton. yeah. You're at 25 to 35 percent. Um, you know what I mean. So Brock is trying to get closer to that number um, to be a little bit more competitive. I guess you could say. Okay, got it. So you bought one of these things. You've been helping investors buy these things, and then you run into Eric because he's right. filling them for this builder. Right. Okay, that's the connection. Yeah. Got it. And then after, once we, you know, the clients of members have purchased the property, just getting in touch, uh, Eric in touch with them and continuing their relationship. Got it. Okay. So then you meet this guy, Nadim. He's like, hey, I'm Nadim. I do this stuff, rock star real estate and stuff. And you, did you, did you know, understand he worked with a whole ton of investors? Yeah. Like it was, it, it all happened so fast, you know? Um, and Nadim was, I, again, I just thought he was a super cool guy, smart, and, you know, had the right intentions for his clients, which is huge because uh, although I've only been in the industry for three, four years, in my first year, I saw a lot of things that I didn't like. And that's not what like, what do you mean? Give us an example. You know, I would run into a lot of properties where where their agents, uh, obviously, no names need to be mentioned, but agents would sell homes and and set the expectation for their clients that they could achieve these rent numbers that were just uh, Got insane. It. Okay. You know, and it was nice to be in a, in a partnership with with Nadim where where he could he could lean on me and I could lean on him. You know, it's hey, I think we can get this rent. This is a this is worst case scenario for your client. I know I can get you this Nadim and then, you know, Nadim with confidence can go, hey, guys, this house has everything that, that we like. Uh, you know, we work closely with Eric. He's telling us these rent numbers are achievable and I've done numerous projects with him. I know he can he's going to get that done. And. Um, so just overall expanding and improving the experience that we can give to 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 people buying homes uh, for investment purposes. Yeah, you were you, that was fortunate because that's really worked out between the builder out there. Are you still working with that builder? Yep. Is that, is that yep. builder still putting so a student yep. rentals yep. or also what about the duplexes that you're working on? Is that a different builder in Welland? It's different. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's yeah. out in Welland. OK, yeah. that's a different builder, different builder who's doing the duplexes. Yeah. Do you guys do property management out in Welland as well? Yeah. So I went uh, with 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 Rockstar that day. Um, that's had, right. I, I had yeah, a tour. Yeah. Sorry. I totally forgot. Yeah, we yeah, had yeah. a tour there. And, uh, yeah, awesome. So you know, it's just it's a cool partnership. It's he's talking about the real estate side of things. Um, you know, obviously I touch on that here and there, but I'm just talking about hey, these are the kind of tenants I think we're going to get. These are the kind of numbers I think we can achieve. You know, so it it really works well, and I think it puts a lot of confidence into the mind of the of the buyer, knowing that you know they got these. I this, think so. If the property manager's right there saying, because you're yeah. ultimately going to be the responsible for delivering yeah. on that number, and that's yeah. how we've always felt here at Rockstar. Like we take personal responsibility. So if we say a number, we have to freaking deliver on that yeah. number. Mm -hmm. But it's made it work. To your point, Nick and I, when we we've met a lot of agents as well in the past that promised us stuff when we didn't have our real estate license and sold us properties and then only to realize after we owned the property that we weren't going to get the rent that we thought we were going to yeah. get or the property wasn't uh, it was even in worse condition than we we yeah. thought it was yeah. um i remember doing home inspections we didn't even know what to ask the home inspector i think <laughs> we let someone else pick the home inspector like we didn't even know what we were doing um so that's cool that's a that's a good really good relationship um and then the region that you cover, because I know someone's going to be hearing this thinking, well, where do, where, where do these guys do property management? Can you just describe? Yeah. So right now, we're mainly operating out of the Niagara region. Um, we do have properties as far as Burlington. Um, we are going to open an office in Hamilton. That That is happening. Um, we do service that area. 
um, at this at this current moment. But um, I wouldn't say much further than that. And a lot okay. of what we do is based on the fact that we got good relationships with 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 trades, um, cleaners, all that sort of stuff. And that's yeah, how your you, network set up. Yeah. There. Okay. So we don't want to stretch ourselves too too thin and and you know and hurt our brand. So yeah, so it. yeah, mainly Niagara Welland, uh, Niagara Falls, Chippewa. Um, Beamsville, Stony Creek. You okay, know, we got, got we got lots of properties. That's kind of like the golden rail stretch that I'm calling from Hamilton to Niagara because as the train system develops out there, man, that whole area is just going to explode. So, Eric, something I wanted to ask you is that um, we'll get sometimes a beginner invest an investor getting their first property and they will want some like magical piece of software to do property management tracking and stuff for them and i always joke and i'll share what we did when we started um and just the other day i think um anthony and our team emailed you saying hey you know eric can you recommend some software to like i don't know property management stuff there's not that much good stuff out there for individuals who are managing a property or two no there really isn't so, so what do you tell people um, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, Google drives using docs, that's a good way to stay organized. Um, it's personal, whatever, whatever's kind of, uh, optimal for, for what you like to work with. Um, go with that because it, when you start investing in any sort of software, it's really designed, you know, software here in North America and Canada in particular is really designed for, for large volume. Um, and from a cost uh, approach, it, it only makes sense when you start, you know, adding multiple properties, um, because you can be anywhere from two to three to a thousand dollars a month to have software operate. Okay, so like I just want to manage my stuff. Do you give her? Do you, do you just tell them to use Excel, Google Drive, yeah. Excel spreadsheet kind of stuff? Exactly. Honestly, that's 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 what we did up until you know over 100 properties so, so yeah listen if you're listening to this you can get so i was just going to say that you can go so far with excel so we use quickbooks today for some of our personal stuff yep. um, and it, quickbooks is not perfect by any means but we've been able to craft the reports for what we need and it's all for ourselves personally yep. so it kind of works but we were using excel spreadsheets i think the income uh income tax form i think it's like t7441 or something i forget on your personal taxes the form that you slip in there to declare the income and expenses on rental properties. Mm -hmm. But we Googled that up. Um, then we took the income component of that, we put it on Excel, and then we put the, all the expenses on Excel on an Excel spreadsheet. Um, so you could do it on a Google, doc, a Google Drive doc now. And then yep. that was the categories for our expenses. So then we would have receipts for our properties. So Nadim, if we were out at one of the student rentals and we needed to buy like furnace filters, some light bulbs, some batteries, a ladder, some paint, whatever, we would take those receipts, we'd come mm -hmm. home, we'd put them in a manila envelope, and on that manila envelope was written the address of that particular property. So if we had multiple properties, we would grab the right envelope, jam the receipt in there, usually crumpled like a ball of garbage. And then once every, I was going to sound smart and say once every two months, but really basically once a year, right before tax time, we would take out all the receipts, get our Excel spreadsheet out that had all the expense categories that the government wants to know about. And we would just categorize all our expenses into those category categories. We'd print out that Excel spreadsheet and bring it to our accountant. And then you could do that for multiple properties. So yeah, when you mentioned, you know, the receipts, the one bit of advice I guess I could provide would, you know, take the time right there. At, in the checkout to line it. to grab your pen yeah, and yeah. mark down on yes. the receipt because yeah, yeah. uh, the whole throwing them in your pocket and thinking that uh, some fairy's going to come in and organize totally. them all for you. So, so but I found if I just had those manila envelopes kind of where I had a drawer where I would put my keys and my wallet down mm -hmm. and if I had a, the, uh, those manila envelopes uh, stashed in there I could just go to the right one right there at that moment because you're right if I kept those receipts for four or five days disaster yeah. I didn't know what property was what yeah. but that was the magic just putting them in those little envelopes mm -hmm. and then it made everything simple yeah other than that yeah you didn't really need too much and if you're a property manager you were doing up to 100 properties using excel yeah so. and quickbooks like you mentioned uh quickbooks uh we still use it uh um it, in tandem with other stuff it's not a got it it's not our main source but yeah you just stay on top of it um uh, like anything in life i guess if you let it sit too long it becomes a little bit messy and unorganized so um, whether that's on a weekly basis, bi-weekly, monthly, I think monthly would suffice if you only got one or two properties, just, just, yeah, organize your receipts, write down some numbers, plop them in. And then, you know, when it comes time for, for tax season, you're not scrambling, you know, and, and, and things make sense and it's clear and you can have that conversation with your accountant. 
let's satisfy everyone's curiosity. What are some of the worst property management stories you've seen? Just give it to us because we've seen every, I don't know if we've shared them on this podcast, but Nick and I specifically at this point, we've seen everything. So you've got to tell me. And then listen, if you're listening to this and you don't have real estate yet, you should know what Eric, whatever Eric's going to come out of his mouth, because I don't know. Um, <laughs> it, 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 this doesn't always happen in real estate, but that you should know that this stuff can happen. Yeah. So I don't even know if you have a story. Yeah, I mean, uh, back in the in the early days when when Brian and I had just kind of got started, um, and I like to mention that these horror stories are from tenants that we've inherited, not ones that we've rented to ourselves. <laughs> hey, look, whatever you want to tell yourself, <laughs> whatever you want to tell yourself. Right? So you know, we've had we've had uh, we've had owners, you know, great people, family oriented people, you know. Uh, trying to you know set up investments for their for their kids and for their retirement, you know they've got the best intentions and you know and they and they unfortunately gave the wrong people the benefit of the doubt. So I've come into situations where where tenants haven't paid in six months and there's zero uh, paperwork. The paperwork process hasn't even begun. You know they're like, well they said you know in next month they're gonna you know and. Um, whether it's a someone you trust or, or not, you, you got to be organized when it comes to the the process because the landlord and tenant board is difficult to deal with. But if you follow the steps and you do the paperwork on time and you follow the guidelines, it does work. So it's just this a, is, you're hitting on such a huge mm. point for me. I tell everyone all the time. I'm like, why are you scared of real estate? Like, is mm. it the vacancy, possible damage? Because damage will come up a lot. A lot of people are scared about damage, which we can talk about in a second. Yeah. But a lot of people are like, well, I hear tenants don't pay rent or whatever. I'm like, you don't understand. We have the tenant board. It's actually a beautiful thing in Ontario. All you have to do is follow it because most landlords buy into stories that their tenants tell them. Yep. So if they don't pay rent on time, the tenant will say, oh, well, it's my car that broke down and I needed to get it fixed because of this and that and the next. And I'll pay you in two weeks at my next pay. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, okay, that's fine. And I'm busy. You're busy, right? You own the property. You have another life. You're working, whatever it is. So you're like, okay, perfect. Pay me in mm -hmm. two weeks. Two weeks comes. No one contacts you. You kind of forget. Then it's the end of the month. You're like, holy shit. It's yeah. the end of the month. You didn't pay me. What's going on? And then it's then the first of the month hits and they're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to pay you for this month. Um, but then they kind of like pay half of last month and only half of the current month. And you're like, f you go four or five months like this buying into stories. Whereas it's just on day one. If you file the N4 form from the tenant board, you begin the process of evicting them. Yeah, and, and people, uh, owners, and even myself was guilty for this, is you don't want to damage a relationship by hitting them with paperwork. But you got to position it in a way that says, okay, great. I'm okay with you paying me 10 days late. I'm still going to serve you this. Just, you know. Which is the N4, in case you're listening to this. It's yes, the sorry. N4 saying uh, rent is late. It hasn't been collected. Correct, correct. And, and and just, you know, it's it's not a big scary thing that you're, you know, it's like, hey, I understand, but I have to protect you know, my interest at the I same time. I always blame Nick. I'm like, hey, look, man, I don't want to give you this, but my brother, man, that yeah, guy's such yeah, an yeah. asshole. Yeah. You know? yeah. He's got them under his pillow. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He told me to drop this off and I'm slightly no. scared of him. No. So, yeah, you, you really do. I'm not scared of Nick, just for the record. I want to say that. Come on. But sorry, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. You, you really have to treat it as a business um, and, and in a professional way. And that's good for, for multiple reasons. But, you know, uh, tenants have a responsibility, you know, um, as do you, the landlord. Tenants have a responsibility. Well, listen, you took all the risks to buy the property. You, yeah. as the landlord, took yeah. the risk to buy the property. You took on the debt to buy the property. Yeah. You went through the banking process sure. to come up with and qualify for that debt. So the least you can, in return, in exchange for you taking all that risk, getting rent delivered on time is not too much to ask. Yeah, and it's not like the landlord has the the opportunity or um, uh, the, the, the yeah, choice the to just call the bank and say, hey guys, you know, uh, I had to get brakes on my car. Can I pay my mortgage a week late? They're gonna be like, uh, Good luck with your breaks, man, and your mortgage payment's still due tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So, so those are the kind of things. Um, so, you're going back to the story. So, yeah, this these these poor people, you know, had a, have a they're out twelve thousand dollars or whatever the number was, and they hadn't been to the property. So, here's another thing: um, you got to set times where you go check in, okay? And it doesn't matter how good you think the person is, or how nice their family, and how clean it was the first time. It's important to check in. And um, how do we, you guys do it for property management when you're managing? How so we have quarterly inspections. So okay. every three months, no matter what, whether it's a million dollar property on the water or a small two bedroom basement apartment for students, um, it's scheduled and there's a guaranteed visit. And that does a couple things. A, when an owner calls me, uh, or for if you're managing yourself, when when you know you, with confidence you can know your property's in good shape. 
you know, someone asks you, hey, how's that rental, you know, treating you? I was like, well, I haven't been there in a year. I don't really know. Uh, and for us, I had people calling me going, Eric, so what's going on? How's everything? I'm like, well, you know, I, I've been there in six months. You know, it doesn't mean we're not working behind the scenes, but I hadn't physically had a reason to go there. Um, and it didn't feel right. So I'm like, we got to set something up where there's a set of eyeballs going through the house. And um, it's good for... You guys can pull that off every quarter. That's pretty yeah, regular. Yeah, they don't get missed. Tom, just, just to add, like, even yeah. my personal claim that you I put had... Put it right to your mouth. My own personal claim that I had recently... Uh, the insurance company company told me that I had to visit my property three times. Part of my agreement with the insurance company, which I didn't even know. Got it. So yeah. you got to visit your property three times. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So those are we treat I, that. I, I don't know if I've heard that directly that from an insurance with, company yeah, before. It's with uh, Desjardins. Oh really? Yeah. I don't know if that's new. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, it it does. It, you know, um, P, I, I think there's some tenants that would maybe be a little messier or not you know, put as much attention to detail uh, and that's in the back of their mind. You know, they don't want to have a bad relationship with the landlord. Um, so I know they have the ability to quickly go in there and clean it before you show up, but you can tell, you know, you can tell what house has been maintained and how do the appliances look and there's clear signs of, of, of a sure, well-maintained. Yeah, yeah. So it, it does, you know, we, there's probably some people that are a little extra cautious, which is super good. It, it minimizes the wear and tear on a property. Um, How did that story end about the people who hadn't been paid in six months? So it ended with me in a suit with gloves and a shovel cleaning these people's house out. Like they, the tenants they finally abandoned the house. They just left garbage and yeah, and I won't talk about all the items I saw, but mm -hmm. it was very uncomfortable. Um, and Brian actually has a very photo. Very uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't get the sense that you get uncomfortable too often. For, so for you to yeah, say that was well. pretty nasty. <laughs> so it was it was bad. And uh, yeah, we had a, we had a meeting before, so I was I was dressed nice, you know, looking trying to look good and. Um, and yeah, Brian's got a photo of me shoveling crap out of bedrooms. And so we did everything we could to help these guys, right? Like we were, you know, we felt horrible and, uh, we ended up getting a new tenant in there. Were they, you able to track down the tenants who left or no? Uh, it, I, the owners pursued it to a certain extent. Okay. Um, how it ended, I don't. Yeah. Know. They weren't, you said they weren't put in by you, but just if yeah. you're listening to this, there is the concept of skip tracers in Ontario that you can hire to like track people down. Um, so if someone owes you rent, the process in Ontario is like if somebody owes you rent, if you're listening to this and you just want to know, you can take them. So you have to get a judgment from the small uh, from tenant board saying, yep. yes, they were, in fact, in arrears and they yep. owe you rent. You can take that to the small claims court and actually kind of if you win, you can garnish someone's wages to yep. get your rent. You just have to know where, where they are and where they're working. Yeah. And, and and you can hire a skip tracer, which is basically like a bounty hunter for tenants. So like you like you mentioned, uh, the tenant board is the first step. You got to get the you got to follow that process uh, and they'll give you the yeah, you get the ruling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. it'll actually show the exact amount minus their last month, minus whatever it is, factoring in your legal costs. All of it up to that point will be in a nice uh, document for you. And that's how you pursue them. So that's the worst story you have the six months in a rent. Um, uh, no, that's good. That's I, not I mean, not, yeah, not, I thought it was going to be worse. So we're really, so we're really, so everyone's scared about damage. Everyone's scared about damage. So how about damage? Yeah. Honestly, I, I, I had a student house that we did. Um, uh, I won't say what at number, but a, a chestnut property. Um, we chestnut, had, this is the name of the street out there? Yeah, just okay. the street. And I won't mention the number. Um, clients of your guys's, uh, and this is showing how the inspections worked. Uh, so on our second inspection at the halfway through their lease, we noticed that the carpets were destroyed on the stairs. And this was a brand new brand build. New property, yeah. So, and the screens were also destroyed. And anyone who owns a rental property Damn. knows that screens, screens are... Screens are <laughs> such a pest to fix, was, man. Yeah. yeah. So, so now the, the advantage of doing an inspection as opposed to just showing up when your tenants leave is these tenants still had to live in this property for six months with us managing it. So I got ahead of it very early on and said, hey, guys, I'm going to get a quote. Uh, you know, we're not out here to, to rip you off or anything like that, but I'm going to get you a legitimate quote outlining the costs of, of the damage that you've caused, and you're going to be responsible to pay for what, it. What did they do to the stairs? So the cats, the cats were pulling up the, oh, God. so it was all threaded and, and, and destroyed, and the there's probably six screens that were- They're all smoking, I guess, right? Yeah, multiple things. Uh, yeah, like one of the rooms they painted. So anyways, so I, I got these quotes all within, you know, like a 10-day period. Um, sent them to them and collected the money three days later. And that's not every situation where they pay that quick. But what it would have done is at least give us the opportunity to slowly collect the money from the students over a three to six month period. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's a lot easier because these students actually graduated and moved back to China. 
So please tell me how it would have been uh, would have went if I didn't go there till you know yeah, totally. move out day and my landlord would have unfortunately had a, a large expense and uh, we we eradicated that for them what by ab- what about the story when the guy drove into the garage door Nadim you speak so oh. softly speak right into the mic I need you to speak right into yeah the mic. I uh, speak I, so softly I had a tenant in, in another new property uh, back into um, a garage door after a brand of, new one after, after a night of partying right yeah he was uh, the, the the damage happened at three thirty a.m. Uh, according to you know the records that we were able to receive so and he it did notify us that he was drinking the night before so I'm assuming he just had not. Uh, gone to bed yet um so anyways again the the advantage of getting a co-signer on a student lease is his dad was involved and liable so his dad ended up just mailing us a check again i went and got him a quote uh he sent us in the the check and we got the garage and that's why i think most landlords fears or new investors fears are a little overblown because i tell them hey look for like every hundred properties that we see we don't really actually see that many things like out of a hundred properties there might be three or four properties that do have pro- like problems other than late rent and stuff. Mm-hmm. But in general, like we don't see like massive damage on properties or anything like that. No, and, and a lot of that falls into the beginning. You know, if you do the work in the beginning, finding the right person, you can, you know, usually someone with decent credit and a good job and, you know, the, you, you see if their vehicle is pretty clean. They're not about to just do a full transition in life and turn into... Eric, you forgot to mention you, when the guy with the garage door, you walked into the house and woke him up in bed and say, hey... Did oh you? yeah, yeah, yeah. I so I, I went, I went. <laughs> yeah, I was a little upset. Obviously, we I got mean. two opposites here. Eric's the loudest person we've ever had on the podcast, and Nadim's the softest spoken person. Transitioning between you two is awesome. So you, the door was open. So yeah, I, I, I not one of the students let me in, and they had the ones who told me, hey, yeah, he was out in his car doing things he shouldn't have, and. I was a little upset. I mean, I'm always. What do you mean doing things he shouldn't have? Well, they're like smoking drugs. They saw his car was the headlights were on at three in the morning and he'd been drinking and he had kind of. So again, was he uh, driving in the streets or just moving uh, the car? He might have went to the store. His story wasn't really uh, articulate, just to say. So I I just went down and knocked on his door and uh, he kind of was making some noises and I said, "Hey, can I open the door?" And he said, "Yeah." And I opened it and I said, "Hey, what happened last night?" He's like, "I don't really remember." Said, well, I got a, I got a, a, a f- more than one person saying, "Hey, man, uh, this guy backed his car into the garage door," and he's like, oh, "I don't think that was me." And I'm like, "Well, your car's there, and it hasn't been moved, so no, <laughs> someone with a moped didn't sneak in behind you and ram the garage door, right?" So, so yeah, and uh, you know, again, I didn't come blasting down on him, and you know, sure, I, yeah, yeah, you know, just it. communicate, say, "Hey, listen, you did it, you know, you did it," and uh, here's what it cost I, to fix I it. I wonder what the privacy rules are for cameras on a student rental on the exterior. Like for student, we've never really done that, but I'm just thinking, could we put like just cameras all on the exterior of the student? Uh, if any rental, no, I guess you can. It's there; they're renting it. Because we would have access to, to yeah, the there feed. has there has to be some a certain level of consent. I know it's a little easier than when you get into the multi unit. Yeah, right? sure, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. because then you have There's common areas. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but someone if it's a single family home like a rental, I don't know. We're probably breaking some privacy rules there. No, I don't think I've, you can do I've it. I've seen out there. Have yeah, you? on rental yeah, properties. Yeah. On a single family student home, rental, yeah. I think it's certain on student er- rental. I can kind of almost see exterior it. only. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a yes, no-no. Yes, definitely exterior only. <laughs> Let's be clear here. Exterior yeah. only. Yeah, definitely a no-no when you have a tenant that wants to install uh, surveillance equipment in a multi-unit building because then you're breaching somebody else's. Yeah, got it. Now, got but it. as a landlord, there's the, the, the laws are a little bit different because it is your property. Um, and if they're set up in a way to, uh, you know... Um, protect your belongings in the in the in the common space that kind of thing that's, that's i don't have the exact answer to the to the regulation yeah, no, 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 got it yeah but it's just interesting something we've never really looked into mm-hmm. too much and then um nadim i'm curious when you're ta- you have liked you, you didn't grow up in the niagara region but you work with a lot of investors out there why are you liking Niagara? because you're going to st Catharines a lot welland a lot niagara prop like niagara the city of niagara um what 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 are you finding out there reveal your secrets <laughs> <laughs> um, just uh, again working with the builder uh, okay. purpose built properties uh, Brock University has been working with Eric finding good tenants good students uh, also been doing a lot of rent to owns in the northern northern yeah, St. You've Catharines been, you've been kind of killing it on the rent to own yeah, stuff just buying nicer homes nicer areas what, 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 so rent to own so if you're listening to this rent to own we did almost exclusively for years like 2007 2008 2009 2010 and then as we grew Rockstar investors started doing like every kind of strategy you can imagine but the rent to own stuff um, really has picked up again because the lending rules in Canada have tightened up and uh, it's hard to find 
people um, sorry people are having difficulty getting properties if they have a bit of bad credit mm -hmm. and the rent to own really has picked up again yep. you're, you're just finding finding a lot more tenant buyers finding a lot more in the Niagara region finding a lot more um, uh, option payments option fees available compared to different areas and finding higher amounts uh, I'm not sure if there's any reason behind it but just it's been good um, what are you guys seeing, Nadim and Oscar? Too. What are you seeing for straight rent out in the like Niagara region? Like, just saying, I don't know, single family home, St. Catharines. Start a family home, two thousand up to nineteen fifty. And you're buying that house right now in St. Catharines for four and a bit, four and a half, so, maybe. Okay, it wasn't that long ago that in St. Catharines we were in like thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred <laughs> a month in rent. So yeah. you're two thousand dollars a month yeah. in straight rent, yeah. not rent to own, straight rent. Straight rent so yeah. in a rent to own on the same price point of house, uh, average has been about twenty three. Twenty three hundred dollars. Yeah, um, and uh, an option payment of about uh, ten. Got it. Ten to fifteen. Got it. Um, yeah, and I've gone as high as twenty twenty five. Okay. The last year. And is the two thousand? Is that the super high end for straight rent? Uh, maybe you could say. Yeah, like uh, the high end, like the nice. I've got I got multiple properties on the on the high end, close to the lake, northern northern St. Catharines. Um, you know, renovated nicely, detached garage, that kind of stuff. That's that goes from anywhere from twenty one to twenty three hundred plus utilities, um, and then anywhere from eighteen fifty to to two thousand is is an average house in a in a decent area. Um, new towns go for around eighteen to nineteen, like hotcakes. They just those rent real fast. Um, so yeah, it ranges, depends. There's some variables obviously that, uh, that affect your overall rent price. But if you're in an, in a decent neighborhood, um, you know, not the most highly sought after, but a, a desirable neighborhood, uh, detached with, okay. Uh, so I get a town home right now in St. Catharines. I buy it. I'm like, Eric, can you rent it out? How long is it taking you to find a tenant? Between two and three weeks. Yeah. So it's quick. So we did yeah. a rent to own for one yeah. of the Rockstar okay. members. Okay. Uh, it took them three weeks. Yeah. 2300. Yeah. Okay. And uh, new uh, town home. I really like you, Nadim. But I'm gonna have to push the mic right into your face. That's, that's really? I mean, this is gonna come out of a place of love. I swear. Okay, my I, voice is a little bit down. I know it is. After, the, after the big leaf win last I night. I know. I know. Hey. I know it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, the leaf win was amazing. I mean, I was just smiling. I was exhausted after watching that game. I was like, a, I was like a puddle on my on my couch, man. I couldn't take it. The and second part of the third, uh, second period, and then the third period. Holy yeah. smokes! Yeah, Marner's uh, penalty shot was. Uh, Marner's penalty shot was, was a thing beauty. of beauty. Yeah. Now I just want to sweep the Bruins and just get done with those okay. those guys. Yeah, we don't like the Bruins. One game at a time. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. I got it. Okay. Um, so you're seeing, um, I got off track there on the rent. To, oh, two to three weeks. So it's happening quick. And the rent to own, if you're putting Same, a, two to three weeks that fast, because when we started on rent to own way back, it could take six weeks, sometimes eight weeks. We, I remember saying four to eight weeks. Yeah, typically. yeah. Like that was pretty normal for us. So uh, the demand is strong. And St. Catherine, you guys are like the fact that you're working directly with builders and investors are buying these properties and I think you like that because they're nice new properties right property management uh, you probably like that Eric because they're nice new properties as well but I just think demand out in Niagara like it, it just reminds me of Hamilton 10 years ago so much yeah you know like I, I feel and I don't know if you're seeing the changes and you're there all the time so I don't know if you notice it but it, that area to me is going to explode yeah and in and, and especially in St. Catharines you have a growing health and education sector Right, because I know a lot of people like to criticize the Niagara region for well, like what type of job market? Well, I think there? if you're in Toronto, you you only drive through Hamilton and then St. Catharines. If no. you're in Niagara Falls, because relatives are in town from out of the country, yeah. then you have to do the Niagara Falls trip, or you're going to the Buffalo Airport because you want to save on on a flight. Yeah, right. Or that's the casino, <laughs> or the casino. Yeah, there's not many <laughs> options that you're going out there, but that's kind of the image. But you're thinking that's changing. Yeah, I mean, I will mention Niagara Falls for, for detached uh, is a little bit of a longer process. Um, I would say anywhere from three to five weeks to rent a detached house. Uh, reason being, it's just so competitive. There's, there's so many new builds. So it's actually affecting the price a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it just takes a little longer. It's still Which a great market. Which is normal in an area with that many new builds because yeah. a bunch of investors buy from the home builder all looking to rent stuff out. And then there's that kind of glut of this is inventory. Niagara Falls, right? Yeah. So just an example, guys. We have a couple properties on Marpin uh, Court for is a, is a new development in in niagara falls and uh through some conversations uh with the builders out of there was 40 houses on one street 32 of them were investment properties no way from purchase from toronto investors 32 so that's 70 like almost 32 eight. were investment properties uh, investment yeah so there was just lease signs and 
Yeah, you'd see like the odd family like scat. You, and the thing is, you have to survive through that period where's that gl- yeah. where there is that glut of inventory. And, and then yeah. some people panic and they want to sell because they can't rent it out yep. that fast. And then yep. they sell and they're selling against too much inventory. Yep. It's kind of a nasty thing that first little period. Yeah. Um, okay, so Niagara takes a little bit longer, and that's not all the time, but that yeah, average, in, in this you know, situation. yeah, a little bit longer. Yeah, I, I just think it's going to explode. We've brought this thing up before. That the distance between Toronto and Barrie is pretty much exactly the same. It's one kilometer difference than Toronto and St. Catharines, mm-hmm. and Barrie has continued to grow since basically I was a kid in mm-hmm. this area. Um, continues to expand, and I feel like St. Catharines, Niagara, is going to go through that same. Ex- I know. Uh, Metrolinx is trying to get more track time on CN Rails tracks from Hamilton to St. Catharines. They're trying to do more than one train. The new stations, I know that Metrolinx really wants um, to develop some of the new stations between Niagara and, and existing stations in Hamilton to be hubs where people are build, builders are building communities right around the GO train stations, yeah. even condos and stuff. So that whole stretch is going to be the golden stretch for me. You know, it's uh, so you're you're in a good kind of good spot for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, um, as I also wanted to mention, we talked about uh, damage on a property briefly. If you're listening to this, you can actually get insurance. Um, some of the insurance companies have rental property insurance where you can insure against damage. So if you're worried that like someone's going to damage your property, you can actually get insurance for that. So I'm only sharing that because I really think properties are a good thing to add into your life. Um, and most of the things that you're scared of, if you find a good property manager, if you're working with someone like Nadim, you can kind of like minimize this stuff. That's my thinking. Of course, you can, well, that's what we try to do is minim- uh, mitigate the risk for the clients. And and it seems to be working very well. Um, we force, not force, unless it's a bad word. We It's a requirement to to have tenant insurance to rent a house from, from Orange List. Yeah. Um, which which is which is beneficial for okay. So describe tenant insurance just so everyone's aware. So yeah, it covers their belongings. Um, so let's say you have. I just had a property with a leaky basement uh, a month ago, and the tenant put a claim in on their own tenant insurance for some of their belongings. All right, so it doesn't all fall on the homeowner and their insurance policy. If there's a freak act, a freak act of nature, let's say, um, and there needs to be a relocation for that tenant, their insurance covers that kind of stuff. So it's just, uh, and if there's, if it's a larger issue, you have two insurance companies now communicating with one another, you know. So it kind of, you know, obviously alleviates some of the stress and pressure off of one individual. Eric, do you? Sorry, what do you use for your? How do you screen your tenants? You want to share that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the this, this, the screening process starts from from the first email, the first text, the first call. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we're busy, and we we don't want to bring you know uh, certain kinds of people to your property. You expect you you hire us, you expect a certain level of quality and, and service. So I immediately just start asking questions. You know, what do you do for work, or what, where's your income stem from? You know, what year uh, school are you in? Uh, you know, just general questions to, to understand. Do you have any pets? Do you smoke? Um, and once I feel comfortable at that stage, um, then we line up a, a viewing. All right. So in a lot of cases, it's private or I, I maybe I've had three or four really good people call me and uh, I go meet all three or four of them at the same time. Just letting them know because some people really do admire the fact that they get their own special private viewing. Right. They're more comfortable that way. And I and I can respect that. So um, and then we get there. And if they like the property, we then uh, do a full financial um, and security background check. Um, and uh, in addition to that, we collect all their financials. So, uh, you know, proof of income, savings. Uh, the program we actually use will, will, will show us, uh, it uses Equifax to do, the, to do the credit report, but it also will show us their, what they have for credit. Do they have a car payment? Do they have, you know, what's the max limit on their credit card? How much have they spent? What's the revolving credit? Um, and with those pieces of information, you can really make a confident decision in uh, in mitigating your risk. Is it, what's the chances of this person not being able to make a rent payment? You know, so using, you know, intuition, which is also important, along with all the resources we have, uh, that's how we... we I think your them. spidey sense is still like number one. So oh, yeah. Giving yeah, you, yeah. When you say security check, what kind of security check? Like so yeah, if, like like just to give you an example, I we met a gentleman in a sh- uh, in a nice suit, shows up in a in a new Tahoe. I'm like, oh wow, this guy's killer. You know, run everything. The guy has a sex offender charge from 2016. 
So that's not someone we're putting in your yeah, house. Got it. Um, so those are the kind of tools that we use. Um, yeah. Neighborly's been one good one that a lot of uh, Rockstar members have been using. I think they opened it up. Do you remember? Is it free now? I think for individuals, Neighborly's might fr- free. If you just Google it up, Neighborly's like N-A-B-O-R-L-Y. Um, but it's like a, a, a credit check service that'll give you, I know you guys use an even better one, um, but the Neighborly's a really good one. It'll give out like the whole, I think, no, it was your one that does their social media profiles and everything? Yeah, the program is called Certain. It's a company based out of uh, BC. Um, And yeah, it's very, very detail-oriented. And it's clean. It's easy to understand. Um, You can see what debt has been bad, has gone to collections, what's debts in good standings. So you can identify, you know, okay, this person's credit score is a little bit low, but they got a student loan that maybe they just haven't been paying or they have been paying, but it's still big. So, you know, because someone with a low credit score might still be a great candidate and you need to know why. Right. And I've been able to answer those questions for myself and for our clients through through that program. And then typically, are you signing people to one year leases, I guess, if it's a straight rental property? Yeah, I do 12 month leases and I even I have landlords that want to do longer and I I educate them in a way to say, hey, guys, like we don't know, like this person looks amazing, but you really don't know until they move into your house. And if you're in a longer lease, you're limiting your options. You know, you. but I mean, if they keep paying you, even if you don't like them, it's hard to get them out. Yeah, yeah, you're right, but but you could sell. You know, you you could sell your property. Uh, obviously, yeah, it's it. tougher to sell if they're locked in yeah, longer. Yeah, yeah. You that's can, true. If it's a shorter lease, if, yeah. if, they're on if you've locked in for 24 months, you can't uh, increase rent either, right? Yeah, it's it's tougher to increase rent, and turnover is not a bad thing. You know, because it gives you an opportunity to 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 achieve more rent. You know, um, not in every scenario. I'm not saying we love turnover. We want people to just move in and move out. Um, but it does give people the opportunity to, to move out. And who knows? Maybe the market's gone up like it has. Uh, and it, that, it, we have another spike. And if somebody moving out means $200 more a month, that's $2,400 a year. Even after paying a leasing commission, you're still far, far ahead than, than you know, your current tenant. And I'm not saying we motivate people to move out, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. Peace of mind, I get it, a little bit longer feels good, but um, it, it goes on a month to month. They still have to give 60 days notice. Stuff's all applicable. Yeah, yeah and there's nothing wrong with going month to month. I just remember thinking... I thought at the end, early on, I thought when the lease is over, if I asked them to leave, I could say, hey, I don't really like you. Can you just leave the lease <laughs> no. is over? But in Ontario, you, yeah, they can go month to month yeah. and they can, as long as they're paying, they can stay. But all your points about a shorter lease totally makes sense. Yeah. You're also a nice person because earlier you said that some people really admire the fact that they get a private viewing. We, we passed by that so, so many years ago. And the reason was I was driving two things. I would, I, I would. It, listen, if we can, if Nick and I can survive in real estate, then anyone can. Because the biggest property management tip that we ever uh, picked up from ourselves is instead of keeping the keys at our house where we live, um, why don't we just get a lockbox <laughs> and leave a pair of extra keys at the house so that if any of us have to drive to one of the rental properties, we don't have to worry about having the keys or not. When we discovered that little trick, <laughs> that changed our life. Because you know how many times we would be at a property and Nick would call me, he's like, shit. I'm here. I forgot the keys. Are you around? You know what I mean? And then our next step was put them in the glove box of our cars. And then finally, one of us is like, hey, wait a second. Why don't we get these things called lock boxes and leave a spare of extra keys like hidden in the back of a post somewhere? That just like changed our lives. But uh, anyway, I'm, I'm, uh, we always get people to show up to the properties at the same time. And the reason we did it is because Nick and I were working in other jobs when we first had rental properties and when we started showing them, people would lie to us whether they were going to be there. And I'm, I know this has happened to you because it's happened to all of us if we yeah. show properties, whether they're going to be there or not. Now we drive all the way down to Hamilton from Mississauga and they wouldn't be there. So I was just like, screw it. Everyone, were, I'm, you know, I'm showing properties at two o'clock and some people would even say, hey, I prefer kind of just to see it myself. And I'd say, I'd love to be able to do that. My schedule, unfortunately, just doesn't allow yeah. for it. So I can understand if you don't want to be there, but there are going to be like three other people. And usually everyone just showed up earlier uh, anyway. Um, but you're just a nice guy, Eric. Yeah. Like, no matter what, what anyone says, Eric, okay, <laughs> you're a nice dude. My mom tells me that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know. Got it. <laughs> But yeah, so no, again, it's asking all those questions and really like when I get in my car and, and drive to a house, I, I'm excited. Okay, this is someone that I really think is a, is a good candidate and I'm obviously, I'm not perfect. You know, I've been, someone yeah, oh might yeah, sound totally. like. Yeah, yeah, you, do, you guys do a good job. What is someone listening to this that doesn't have property management yet, but they're out in an area where you guys aren't operating, for example, let's say in like Durham somewhere mm-hmm. up in Barrie, what should they be asking a property manager? Like what are the tricks that property managers 
kind of try to play around with people on? Yeah, just just try to have a general conversation with them. You know, keep it casual, but uh, get the information that you're looking for without being too like, you know, uh, what was your last paycheck? It's okay, and so the, what's the information they should be looking for? Like, you, you guys do quarterly uh, visits to the property, so something like that? Yeah, just just set the expectation. Like, from uh, from the moment I meet somebody who's interested, I say, you know what, Orange just isn't going to be coming by to bug you. We're never going to show up unexpected, but we are coming by four times a year, okay? You'll be given notice, and that's just accepted. You know, we don't want to bug them, but they need to know that there is okay. going to be... so what about monthly reporting to me as the owner of the property? Do I get it quarterly, semi-annually? Like, how do do I get how do I get well, you, information on expenses that you might have to incur? So the program that we use is called PayProp uh, for rent collection, and that generates a 30-day report for you on the 15th of every month. So let's say uh, you get one January 15th. It'll be for the month uh, previous. Okay, okay. So rent collected, expenses, um, money coming in, money going out, essentially. So it's clean, keeps you in the loop. My office is in the loop with you anyway. You know, you're not just going to have bills coming in and be like, well, what's this? There's, you know, we've had a conversation with you and we've troubleshooted with the tenants and, you know, uh, all those sort of things. And then on some of these properties that are like legal duplexes, a student rental, single family home, so not the buildings. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to ask you about that building stuff, though, in a second. Yeah. Um, what is an amount that you guys uh, prefer to be able to charge to somebody without the landlord being notified? Yeah, so we uh, it's two hundred dollars. Uh, that's, that's it, eh? That yeah, low? It, that, that's and it's it's rare that we have to do that. Okay, but it's just it's I think set most up. Most of ours are like five hundred right now. I feel like. Yeah, no, it's two hundred. It's we're comfortable with that. Okay. Most things are, are minor. It's a service call. Um, but like I said, if it's a Friday night and I got a tenant, we have an emergency line set up. So it's, you know, I get a text, an email and a call. It's very, very organized. Um, and I can quickly look, okay, there's, we got water coming through a light fixture in a basement. That's important. I can quickly, I'm not worrying about contacting the landlord. I'll set everything up and then contact the landlord. Right. Or, or if there's something, it's a, if it's a known issue and they've mentioned it to me before, I'll call him because he might have some information that's extremely valuable. Um, but like I said, if de depending on the urgency, I, I, I need to know that I can, you know, fix the issue and not be worried that okay. you're like, Eric, that was 150 bucks. So know? how the, the number of times going by a property, how I'm getting my information, it sounds like from you guys, it'd be like on the 15th of the month that comes in via email of some sort, I guess. Well, you'll get your rent. So you'll, you'll, you'll get your rent payment on, you know, say the third or the fourth or the fifth of every month by the time it goes sure. through all the, the necessary. Yeah, the 15th is just like the report I'm getting. It's the report. Okay. Yeah. So for the previous month, you'll be able to, you know, like I said, you'll already be in the loop, but you'll get an actual legitimate report showing okay, I had a $55 bill to fix a door or um, this was a, an electrical bill. So it is. it does outline and it says what it what is. What about I need someone to go represent me at the tenant board? Can you do that or do you have to hire a paralegal? Yeah, we're not allowed because yeah. we're property managers. So I was doing it for my clients yeah. and uh, we were doing it before too for Rockstar yeah. members it was Nick and I Nick yeah. and early on Nick and I were at the tenant board it wasn't even our property we weren't even property managers and we weren't paralegals and we were like fighting on the behalf yeah. of Rockstar members yeah I, I last time they're like you know you could be hurting your client by being here and not that they they dislike me or anything like that but it's just you have too many interests at play Right. So it's make. It's, I, yeah, I can kind of see it. So, so we you, you, do you have a relationship with the paralegal then? Absolutely. We have a I wouldn't say in-house, but very close uh, okay. build separately. It is separate. And but is that how most property managers do it? Yeah. He gives us a good deal because of the volume. Right. Like he's our go to guy. Yeah, so okay. he gives my clients like just to give you an idea, uh, an N4 uh, to, to file it, to go represent you. All that stuff is a flat four hundred dollars which is literally almost half the cost that you'll see out there from other paralegals. What about for repairs? Should people, when they hire a property manager, expect like a certain percentage markup on repairs from property? Is there like a range that they should be looking out for? Well, I mean, I like, if it's a multi-unit building or, or, you know, if it's a new single family, you know, it's obviously it's going to be minimal expenses. Um, but yeah, you should just expect there to be, uh, you know, it's tough to give a dollar amount. It really is. But, um, on a, on a new build, maybe your maintenance for the first year is only $500, you know, maybe it's nothing. Um, maybe it's, but what about, sorry, what I, but if I, I have the property manager gets a call saying toilet needs to be fixed. Um, is there a markup on whoever they call to fix the toilet? Yeah. It's not going to be an in-house person. It's in-house. Yeah. We, oh, it, you guys are in-house for all yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. So we, now we, we sub out electricians and plumbers and whatever, you guys, whatever they bill us is what we bill our clients. So there's okay. zero markup. So you're not marking up at all. Is no. that common? No. 
no, yeah, that's no, a huge competitive advantage that that Orange List has over uh-huh. our competitors. Yeah. Okay, you know, but and, you said you're, they're in house, but then you said we outsource electricians and plumbers. Who's in house? So Handy, our, our handyman, yeah, like okay. our contractors that can do things from windows to doors to framing to drywall okay. to mudding, all can that they stuff. Fix screens. That's always been a pest. That is that. also outsourced. Oh, yeah, is it? yeah, <laughs> fixing screens. Okay, got it. So you have that yeah. in house. So, okay. and, and we just know these guys, they show up on time, which is important for their relationship with the tenant. Um, they do good work. And, you know, I, I've, in multiple scenarios, had a guy go to fix something. Uh, Scott went to fix a, a, um, uh, a window well. And when he was there, he noticed another window. And it wasn't part of what he was sent there to do, but he fixed that. And the client was still billed the same amount. Awesome. It's I'm, I'm really out. cheering for you guys because most property managers we meet, once they get bigger and stuff, some of the processes start to break and stuff. I really, you guys are doing good stuff. Thank you. I really hope that, uh, yeah, just grow and put the process in place to continue doing it. Because it sounds like you guys have got a good thing going. And all the feedback we've been hearing has been good. So... Really, that's kind of kudos to you guys. This is not a, property management's not an easy business nope. at all, man. But and like any other business, uh, you know, it, you need to set up systems and processes, and it operates like a machine. So what? Okay, now I'm a landlord. I need someone evicted. You have this guy, a paralegal guy or girl, that's going. How am I notified? Like, how do I know what's going on? Like, I don't even really care to know. But is it just like, hey, this person hasn't paid rent? We're starting the eviction process, or they're at the L L one stage of the eviction. So yeah, just to just to clarify, we my office will help landlords organize all the paperwork so you don't necessarily have to hire a paralegal okay we'll do all the paperwork for you send it to you you sign it and we'll tell you what you need to do to prepare we'll help you do that but obviously for your advantage it's it's you know it's in your best interest in, in a lot of cases to to hire a paralegal um and i would like to mention that in in my four years i've only had to go uh two times for my own tenants um, good for you, and that's man. an You're honest doing a good yeah. job screening. And, and, and I'm not saying that we don't do things outside of the landlord tenant board. I've had to make deals and arrangements to have, you know what I mean? That, that happens, but an actual push come to shove. Yeah. We've, we've only been, uh, how is your office set up right now? So I, for the longest time, I thought it was just you. Yeah. So yeah. How are you guys set up? So I have a maintenance coordinator that's in my office from nine to three. She takes calls, emails, uh, just for maintenance. That's her job. She organizes with the contractors, sets that all up, stays in contact with owners to let them know what's going on, what troubleshooting steps have taken place with the tenants, that kind of stuff. I have a, an accountant that deals with all the rent collection, invoicing, um, that sort of stuff. I have two leasing reps. Um, one of them specializes, Rob specializes in the student rentals. Um, that's his job. Nadeem, you've worked with these, yeah, with these guys? Good, yeah, Rob. Yeah, Rob's great. He's a likable guy, you know, so he works hard and his job is to just stay on top of the student stuff. So September properties, he's already got the ball rolling. Um, he's He rented so far 72 bedrooms for May 1. Uh, I think he's got 14 left. Um, awesome. So that's his, It's because the student is almost a whole other business to a certain extent. It really is. Oh, in totally. Terms of, yeah. You know what I mean? So I had to bring, I couldn't. It's own renting cycle. It's yeah. different. Um, so okay. two leasing reps that, that, so there's three of us that are just, purely doing leasing um and then brian kind of oversees the he's a general manager i guess um, i'm the leasing manager so i'm going through on a weekly basis just making sure properties are being rented making sure they're priced right doing price adjustments um and then i you know i deal with some of the accounting for first and last and that kind of thing but and what about okay where property managers seem to get in trouble from my experience and using them for ourselves is sometimes they'll take on a project that's too big so for example they'll say well you know what you need a kitchen renovation or there's a wet basement and we're going to rent it you know we'll handle that all and they mark up these things quite high so if if you are doing a renovation that's like a kitchen needs to be renovated are you you're, you're just not dealing with that at all no, no, we do full, full, full renovations. Okay, now. You, yeah. is that a different company, part of Orange List? So it's, it's, yeah, it's Orange List is actually now invoicing our, our, you know, Orange List header. Um, where we charge a project management fee, which we're transparent, right? So uh, I've got some clients now that I'm that I'm doing stuff for. Uh, we probably got around three or four hundred thousand dollars in projects happening as we speak, um, and we're not running around with our heads cut off because we work with people that we trust. Okay, so you're you're doing a straight pass the expenses straight over. Here's your management fee for managing yep. this project for them. They know what that fee is. Yeah, we'll help pick out materials, colors, you know, in tandem with the owners. You know, they obviously it's their product, their house. They want to be a part of it. Um, we just know what material 
looks really sharp for for tenants. What's what's going to last long? Uh, where you can save money and still achieve those high rents that you're looking for. You don't always have to go with granite or quartz. A nice piece of laminate will do just fine. You know, you don't need to tile. You can put vinyl. So there's a lot of things that we can add that can drastically, you know, shrink your bill and still get you that rent that you want to achieve. Yeah, cool. Um, Nadim, this this builder, these builders, you seem to be do a really good job making relationships with builders who are doing stuff. Are they the student rent purpose built houses? Those are still. I, I just asked you this, but I just want to make sure I'm clear. They're still doing those. Yes, correct. And and what kind of what's on the inside? Because Eric's talking about different material. Like what kind of flooring are they putting in these properties? What are the kitchens like? Uh, tiles, uh, laminate flooring, and carpet. Yeah, stairs. so it's just laminate yeah, and, yeah. Just, and straight carpet, yeah, and yeah. the and the kitchen kind of just basic kitchen. We're not putting granite in a studio. No, he's not no, putting nice granite. laminate, La- nice laminate or, or quartz. If if a if a client requests, then they would. Yeah. Yeah, quartz in a quartz countertop yeah, in yeah, a student rental. Yeah, yeah. Holy smokes, I'm yeah. getting old. And stainless, okay. <laughs> and stainless steel appliances. Stainless steel appliances. Yeah. Okay, um, and then the it's come on, sorry, it's come a long way from used appliances that we used to do with him. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we, we had to have that conversation. <laughs> you know what? Though? We still have some old appliances in some of our student rentals that are really old. And the, the appliance repair guys are like, do not get rid of these old appliances because they're made so much better yeah. that it's actually better to do a small repair on this because the new ones that are coming in often from like China or whatever, they're breaking so frequently. Yeah, they're guys like, hey, cheaper. totally, yeah, totally True. use this. And we had to convince some students in one of our properties just really recently that says, I know these things look really old, but our guy told us that they're better than getting mm-hmm. the new ones in here because they're starting to get a little kind of beat right, up and right. stuff. Yeah. But okay, and then of any of your legal duplexes out there finished yet, or is that still ongoing? Legal duplex, some of them are finished, yes. Yeah, some of them are finished. Yeah, yeah. And how are they set up? Are they so, just uh, lamb? Again, cool? Orange List has helped us uh, lease those out. Uh, I think the last one was East Chester. We had uh, five bedrooms, upper level, secondary suite, uh, just. A professional yeah yeah so we got a we got a couple students the cool thing about the the way these ones were laid out was uh it gave you options so you could rent to a couple which in that case gives they have a living room where the if it's two students would be a bedroom um so you could rent to two students you could rent to a single person and they have a bedroom and a living room you know or a couple that kind of thing so um you know they're insulated well they're obviously when it's when it's legal and it's new there's a lot of Right. So this is a legal duplex that you're renting out as a student rental, two separate units. Yeah, so it's like right. two student rental, two student rentals almost within the one property. Correct. Yeah. yeah got it. I see what's going on. Yeah, we achieved so, really good rents. There yeah. What well. did you yeah. get on that? Uh, we got uh, twenty five hundred up, and then twelve or eleven fifty to twelve fifty down. Twenty five hundred and twelve fifty. So thirty seven hundred a yeah. month. What did you? What are those buying? Five hundred. Five, yeah, five and a quarter. Yeah. And the utilities are, are. I know that's something that can scare investors, but. Uh, you know, I like to tell people I probably have 200 houses that are all inclusive, and I've had one meeting in the last year with students going, hey, guys, you know, are you leaving your windows open? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's not as scary, and it actually works well for the investor because those numbers are padded, right? So it's um, – Got it. You build yeah. it. When you factor in the utilities, you're giving the tenant peace of mind, right, on a, on a fixed budget cost, yet the owner's taking a little bit of risk. So there's a little extra. It is nice. Uh, we've done it both ways. We've kind of – uh, talk to students about putting it in their name mm-hmm. um, and we do that on a few properties still to this day one of my uh, York yeah, University student rentals at one point the water bill uh, was going so high I couldn't figure out what was going on this one girl in there was essentially running a laundromat <laughs> she was washing everybody's clothes all her friends clothes I had to go talk to her I say look we're not doing this anymore you want to do this utilities go in your name yeah you want to you be an I entrepreneur and she immediately you stop like that was it yeah. but it, I, th- I think I let this go for like four or five months where you're kind of looking at the bills yeah. and you're like what? what's, what's happening in this property you know mm. do I have a toilet that's because sometimes you can run, waste a lot of water just on one little leaky toilet that's draining a lot of water and I kind of thought it was that for a little while yeah. but anyway don't run laundromats in your student rental properties <laughs> yeah. that's uh, Eric thank you so much what's the URL to what's the best way for people to reach you uh, yeah www.orangist.com is, is obviously the URL to our website um, on there you can uh, read some of the content pertaining to what it is we do how we do it uh, a little bit about myself Brian um, and and our staff and our team. Okay, say uh, it one more time so people catch it. So www.orangelist all one word dot com. Orangelist dot com. Um, and then uh, Nadim, just your email address. Do we hand out Nadim at rockstarbrokerage.com. N a d e e m at rockstarbrokerage.com. Yeah, my personal email is Eric E R I C at orangelist.com. You Eric can send me an email. Eric at orangelist.com. Guys, really appreciate you doing this. Nadim, anything else? No. We're good? Go Leafs, go. Go Leafs, yeah, go. go. Leafs, go. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, right, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you.
Hey, it's Tom Kradz again. So hopefully you enjoyed that talk and hopefully you could hear Nadim as quiet as he was on that podcast. So uh, thanks to Nadim and Eric for coming in. Always fun chatting with people that are up to good stuff. And if you're listening to this and you want more real estate information yourself, you can always check out rockstarinnercircle.com for all the latest stuff. Thanks everyone for listening. We really appreciate the feedback we're getting on this podcast. Until next time, your life, <coughs> whoa. I almost passed away there saying your life. Until next time, your life, your terms.